just going to be the whole Let's podcast. talk tennis. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever you're listening to. This is Good Time Sports. As always, I'm Brendan Carson, joined by my co-host, Colin Brown and Andrew Maloney, our lovely producer over here. Today, we're going to be talking about Serena Williams and her career coming to an end, unfortunately. We're going to be touching base on the NFL World Baseball Classic. Got some info from the NBA with Donnie and a big trade over there. And we also have some soccer news coming up, F1 and college football. Boys, how are we doing today? Doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. College football is back. It is officially week one, not week zero anymore. I know. You and I both wearing college jerseys. <clears throat> and I'm wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey. I'm just so glad I got the memo this week. You know, it feels good to be on this We're side. all wearing jerseys, and you guys are <laughs> mad because mine's just an NFL. I don't... <laughs> Listen, Whatever. Listen. Well, listen, I mean, Brendan's wearing a future Hall of Famer jersey. I'm wearing a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> you're wearing a money bag shirt. That's, that's what fine. you're wearing. All right. That's cool. All right, boys. So, got some big, big news from uh, the tennis world, don't we, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, Serena Williams officially retiring. Uh, unfortunately, her run at the U.S. Open came to an end in the third round. As we all know, Serena Williams is the greatest of all time, the GOAT, undisputed in the tennis world. Uh, just some of her accolades, I mean, her accolades are just ridiculous. It's just absolutely insane. 23 Grand Slam titles, which is the most in the open era, second all time. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you got to grunt with some tennis action in here. <laughs> I gotcha. I got- <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. She- <laughs> Serena won her first slam, her first title in 1999 at the U.S. Open at just 17 years old. Dang. Just absolutely insane. Went on to have one of the greatest careers of all time. Uh, Serena and Venus, which is fun too, with her older sister are undefeated in double title matches uh, with 14 slam titles, which is also insane. And here's the craziest thing. When you think about overall records, you'd expect someone to have, you know, a pretty rough patch. Serena did not have that rough patch when it came to her record. She has an overall record of 855 wins, 153 losses. With an 84.8% win percentage. Absolutely insane numbers. I'd like to see that happen in almost any other sport, actually. I don't think... Two gold medals, 2012... uh, Oh, sorry, 2000 and 2008, she won gold medals in doubles. And then in singles, she won a gold medal in 2012. Her win percentage is higher than what I scored on my driver's test. (laughs) <laughs> to get my license what, what did you score on your license an 82 and she's and an she's 82. and she's played over a thousand matches yeah like think about that yeah. like maybe it'd be different if she played a hundred you know and, and she did really well but yeah and my driver's test i refused to parallel park so that's why i got partially some points to get i'm also off. just saying I don't blame you are we overlooking the fact that this man used to drive people around for a living and he only scored an 82 yeah they let anybody drive. Uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. 
They really do. They yeah. let you drive for some reason. Apparently. No, I mean, Andrew, I think that was a great rundown of all of Serena Williams' accomplishments. I mean, we could honestly spend a whole podcast just div- divulging into her career, um, her and her sister, to be fair. But, you know, with respect to Diana Taurasi, Mia Hamm, Billie Jean King, Lindsey Vaughn, and other great women athletes throughout our lifetime and others, to me, Serena Williams is the greatest woman athlete of any lifetime, I, any, any I agree. era. Um, I agree. So I like to, when I when it's undisputed like this, I kind of think I want to go broad spectrum with it, right? The Mount Rushmore of athletes, the greatest athletes of all time, men or women. Yeah. When I personally break it down, for me personally, I have the greatest woman of all time, that being Serena. Yep. I have the greatest team athlete of all time. You could argue whether that's Gretzky, whether that's Tom Brady, whether that's LeBron, Michael, whomever. We'll leave that up for the debate another day. That's not the topic we're talking about. You better give it to Gretzky. (laughs) We'll talk about that another day. (laughs) But And then I also go back to two of the earliest competitions in sports history, which are fighting, because men have always fought, even back in the day. Oh, yeah. So you could argue Muhammad Ali, you know, Mike Tyson, whomever. And then I also think of running because, run, again, we haven't always known how to swim, but running is something that all athletes are basically kind of almost innately. I mean, it was in the original Olympics. So, yeah. So, so Usain, Usain Bolt. Bolt. Yeah. 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 That's pretty. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to argue with Usain Bolt. That's what I'm saying. So, that's what I kind of view in terms of the, my GOAT athletes on my Mount Rushmore. And Serena has solidified her spot on that Mount Rushmore, in my opinion. And I, I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone would doubt Serena's one of the goats of tennis and I mean just in sports in general I mean when people who don't know much about tennis they know Serena Williams mm-hmm. absolutely I mean people were tuning in by the millions to watch these last three matches that she played mm-hmm. because they knew one of these was going to be the last whether she made it to the finals which would have been a magical run but that doesn't matter she defeated the number two seed in the second round and she looked like prime time classic Serena that match was absolutely insane. I I have I I'm not gonna lie. I haven't really ever sat down to fully enjoy a tennis match. I watched that entire match and it was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Yeah. I'm glad I did. Serena has been the most must watch part of tennis, arguably, since she's entered at age seventeen, I believe you said. Um She's incredible. Her and her sister. That was that wasn't her first entry. She won her first slam at seventeen. She won her first major title at 15? two years earlier so at in ninety seven. Okay, I, yeah. I I knew it was an odd yeah. number. It's insane. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a real big dip in tennis viewers now, especially just because Serena's out of the game. Because well, I think she was one of those that drew in more viewers, right? Yeah, and I mean it's it's kind of, it's kind of like the Tiger Woods effect. You know, if yeah. Tiger Woods is playing, people are watching. Yeah. And even if he's not playing up to his best, people are still going to watch. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, tennis is in great hands. Yeah. I mean, there's great, great up-and-comers. Venus is still playing. We don't know for how long, but... Um, and then you have just amazing names at the top, especially in men on the men's side. You have three guys who are fighting to be the greatest of all time right now. Yeah. Which is insane. And, I mean, I know Federer's on the back end of his career. You still have Rafa. Yeah. You still have, have Djokovic. Djokovic and... Yeah, the sport still is in great hands. I think you mentioned a uh, really great point in terms of golf. 
the diehards of golf will watch no matter what. Hey, absolutely. And the diehards of tennis will continue to watch tennis. Absolutely. No matter what. I think it's just what you were bringing up, Brent, is more of like the casual audience of like the, hey, you know, Tiger's playing. I'm going to go watch a golf tournament. Yeah. And, and that's when I watched golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, and that's what you do with tennis right now. Right. Too, right? Exactly. It's the casual viewer. Exactly. So. I'll watch finals, you know, because if it's Djokovic, Rafa, or um, Frederick, it's, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, the impact that a player has on a sport is unspeakable. It's like undisputable, especially when it comes to an athlete like Serena and her impact was just as great off the court, which is a beautiful testament to her career. So I'm really looking forward. Um, We often see great athletes have that kind of transitional period in life because she's been doing this since she was a kid. Yep. And now she's not going to be anymore. So her next steps, you know, how much she's going to be in the public eye, what she chooses to do post her tennis career is going to be very interesting and definitely something to keep an eye out for. Um, we wish her the best and thank you for all the great memories that you provided us over thank the years. Thank you, Serena. Thank absolutely. you. Thank you. Thank Ra- you. Round of applause for Serena. Yes, Serena. absolutely. Give it up for Serena. Give it up for Serena. <laughs> That's going on the blooper reel. That's going on the blooper reel. Are, are we laughing uh, I'm sorry, at Serena? folks. I hit the wrong button on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need a new producer. I'm about to he say, doesn't whoa, get the jersey whoa, whoa, memo. Whoa. He's got the wrong buttons. <laughs> You're on thin ice over there, buddy. Mm-hmm. My fault. My fault. My fault. <laughs> Round of applause good. for Serena. Yeah. I'm not yes. going to hit a button. <laughs> there we go. Time. There we go. He's going to edit that in post. So no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to leave it in there. We're a true podcast. We leave all mistakes in. We here. Do. Of course. We of course. do. We do. All right. Well, good topic on tennis. Uh, like we said, we salute you, Serena, and all you've done for the game. Now, moving on, boys. NFL. Ooh. We're so close. We are so close, and I am ready. This Thursday night, the NFL season kicks off. Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Rams for the 2022-2023 NFL season. Oh, man, I can't wait. And if I was a betting man, I would bet on the Bills. Ooh, throwing out a little uh, prediction there. Uh, Yeah, just just that game. That's cool. So for those, I know we're on our second episode, so any new listeners who may not be you know familiar with us or kind of how we do things the nfl is something that we're all very passionate about um it's kind of one of the foundational pieces of our friendship uh we talk about it Wait, nonstop. Um, do you tell people we're friends yeah that's a poor choice of words my apologies okay, uh, cool. acquaintances that happen From to be afar. in the same room oh a, a lot quite yeah. often yeah yeah very gotcha. I, I like yeah, that. yeah 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 um apologies sorry Mr. Producer. Who can't Uh, do a job. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I take it back. We're friends. But but in all seriousness, uh, we've watched numerous games together uh, throughout the years, and now we're doing a podcast where we are talking about the sports. I'm so excited to be doing this because we didn't want to get into it last week. We didn't want to jump the gun. It is now here. We We need to break down. We need to give our predictions. We need to break down everything from who's going to potentially win the Super Bowl, who's going to potentially win their divisions, maybe some MVP votes, whomever. We got all of that to talk about here on the Good Time Sports Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I already have my my uh, Super Bowl team in mind. Okay. Uh, where do we want to start? Because we, kind of pro- we probably want to end with that, because obviously that's... Absolutely. I got a, I got a little, little teaser for you there. Come on now. Do you want to go... How about this? We go... We go divisions. Okay. 
we'll go awards, we'll go conference championships, and then we'll go Super Bowl predictions. Okay. Now, I will say, I'm going to be kind of abstaining from this. I have a tradition that I always release my stuff on the Thursday of the NFL season, game number one. So I will be uh, abstaining from this. I will be giving my thoughts and input onto what my fellow co-hosts are offering. Are you going to write it with your terrible handwriting like you do every year? Every year. Oh, it's a tradition. If y'all we'll make sure we post it to the Good Time Sports podcast because this is a sight to see. His handwriting is worse than mine, and I suck at writing as it is. Yeah, and I'm I'm a journalism student. My handwriting's terrible, which is hilarious. (laughs) I'm going to school for journalism, but I write like a doctor. It's just how it goes. Yeah, you know. But without any further ado, I'm just going to call out a division, and you guys kind of just give us your winner and maybe just a brief overview of it. And when we're all said and done, we'll move on to the next one and et cetera, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're going to start in the AFC first. We'll go AFC North. Brendan, we'll start with you. If you had to pick a division winner today. Probably go, I mean, you got Baltimore up there too. Baltimore Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals. Okay, he's rocking with the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll go Joey Burr. The defending um, AFC champs, Andrew. I'm rocking cool. with my boy Joey Ice. Yep, see? Yeah. the tig- How many nicknames does that dude have? I don't know. The Tiger King, Joe Shiesty, <laughs> Joey Burr. Yeah, Joey Burr. Yeah, let's say it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, you gotta, roll, I can't burr. roll my R's. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joey Burr. Uh, so they're both rocking with the Cincinnati Bengals. Any real reason to it or anything you all want to say? Uh, I just think they've improved. Their chemistry is going to be better than it was last year. 100%. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl last year, and yeah, I I don't see the production slowing down at all. If if anything, it's going to increase. Absolutely, and like I mean, like you said, just the chemistry itself. They've had more time to build on it and everything. I mean, Jamar they, Chase is going to be mm-hmm. balling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to be just so much more refined. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Moving on to our next division, we are going to kick it over to the AFC East for round number two. Well, this time we'll start with Andrew. You know, my mind almost went just automatic, you know, from the last couple decades of AFC's football, and I almost had Patriots out of nowhere. (laughs) We all know it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely. Come on, Josh Allen. Buffalo. Just a Josh Allen. Let's just say Josh Allen wins an award. This year that okay. I'll be mentioning later on. A little foreshadowing there. Yeah. I like it. it. It's the Bills are gonna definitely take the East. Do you object? No, great minds think alike over here. That's what I'm rocking with. Yeah, so far we're the same. I'm about to say we're the two, AFC. We are two for two so far, both having the it's Buffalo a, Bills. It's about to go real different with NFC, I guarantee you. That's probably a safe bet. Knowing y'all too. <laughs> Knowing y'all too. But we gotta move on to the next division. We'll go AFC South next. We'll start with Brendan. Mm. Shoot. Who do I want to go with? Yeah, there's the Colts, the Titans, Jaguars, the Texans. Such a man league. <laughs> I mean, the only thing good going is. I mean, the Colts, I mean. Although the Titans do have Derrick Henry back. They do. Derrick Henry does return after. If he his stays healthy, I think the Titans can do it. Okay. Because he's just the key part of that offense, and that man seems to be unstoppable. But if he doesn't stay healthy, I mean, I'm going to go with the safe bet, and I'm going to say the Colts. So you're going to go with Colts yep. after some deliberation. Andrew? I'm riding with Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Ooh, we have our first disagreement. Yeah. Anything you want to say for the 
defense of the Derrick Henry is just a game changer. Okay, that man is that that is a bulldozer with legs if he can so, stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, it, it does fully depend on Derrick Henry staying healthy. But I'm counting on Derrick Henry staying healthy this year because we saw how it went when he's not. By the way, yeah. for the record, we are making these predictions as if everyone's going to be healthy. We know that's not realistic. Exactly. But you cannot predict injuries. Exactly. We're not going to do that here. No. Exactly. So just for the record. Exactly. Let go Titans. All right. Moving on to the final division in the American Football Conference, the AFC West. Probably and the most stacked division. In recent memory, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's just going to be a dang hard one now, too. We're going to got Russ over there with the Broncos. Yep. We've got, you know, the six-time defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. the up-and-coming Los Angeles Chargers, and, oh, yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders got two franchise-altering pieces on both sides of the football, including the arguably yep. the best wide receiver in football. Yep. So, without any further ado, I'll go to the man wearing an AFC West jersey to start us off, Mr. Andrew Maloney. He's going to ride with his boy. We all know it. Yeah, I'm going to ride with Pat, but let me let me explain something here. I This division legitimately could go to anyone. Uh, I don't think the Raiders win it, but I do think the Raiders can get second. Like, there's there's a clear path okay. to any one of these teams winning it. And, and you know what? The Raiders could even win it if, you know, if things go their, their way. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and I'm going to go Broncos second. Okay. In that division, they want to the Chargers out okay. there, is just and the Chargers be. with Justin Herbert in third. Uh, I just really think that the Chiefs, they're the most gelled team. Mm-hmm. Granted, they lost Tyreek Hill, obviously, but you're replacing that with Marquez Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith Schuster, who you're giving an actual good quarterback to. And don't get me wrong, Ben Roethlisberger is a good quarterback. But Ben Roethlisberger was at the end of his career very clearly the last few years. I'm not sure he could so. throw a football from me to you. Exactly. At that stage. So uh, I think Juju with uh, a, a legit deep threat is going to have a, resur- a resurgence in the NFL. So I do see. And I also think Sky Moore is going to be a say. big sleeper. Okay. I'm a big Sky Moore fan. So um, I'm very excited to see what he does. All right. Brendan, what you got? As much as it pains me to say it, I mean, I got to go with the Chiefs. They're it's the safest bet. They're the ones who have been the most consistent out of anyone. They're we've the most seen. experienced by far mm-hmm. of any of those teams. And I think, like, I agree with you. The Broncos, they will be moving up there. I don't know if I'd say second this year, though. Just with I don't know, man. Jerry Judy. Um, why am I blanking on Cortland Sutton? Yeah, Cortland Sutton with a legit quarterback. I get Javante Williams or two. Uh, I'm Melvin big Gordon. on Javante Williams too. Yeah. Yep. I get that, but I'm, I'm going to go Raiders in the number two spot there. Whoa. All right. Believer in uh, Derek. So you Carr. believe in Derek Carr. I, he proved and us Josh wrong Jacobs. last year, didn't he? Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. I think he's got something to prove out there. And I mean, I, I can see a path so. to it. Like I don't disagree. They got I, some key elements with, I him, cannot so. argue if you just gave me, if you randomized the AFC West, mm. I could legitimately just see any of these teams. I could I could agree with any one of those randomizations. If they were in almost like any other like division or anything like that, like it they would be dominant in that. Okay. If you split up these four teams between the other honestly, let's say you, you put all four of these teams into the NFC and split them up between divisions, I think each one of them win their division. A hundred percent. I don't think anyone would question that. Uh Colin is. I would push back slightly only because, again, we're assuming everyone's going to be healthy in right. this. Yes. Yeah. 
the defending champs need a little respect on their name. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, depending on like which AFC team, I'm just went saying over there, I can see it. When, I can see them winning their I don't division. Know. Okay, that's fair. I can the see defending them winning champs their lost a lot of pieces though too. They did. They did. They replace, lost coaches. They did. They, they lo- went all out for that Super Bowl. I they mean, did. I, everyone knows that. But the core is still there, and so I listen. I'm not going to divulge too much into it. I'm just saying you were like you said you could see all four of those teams winning out the NFC. Yeah. That's the main one where I would have a little pushback. I got you. All I saying. got you. So that is it for the AFC. We're now going to switch gears to the NFC. Uh, this time we're going to start with Andrew <laughs> and we're going to go NFC North. NFC North. Green Bay Packers. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that man is, is arguably one of the best. Well, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now and arguably one of the best of all time. So, it's there's no doubt in my mind. I think the Lions just still have too much of a rebuild to go. The Bears and Justin Field are Justin Fields are promising, and the Vikings are the Vikings. So <laughs> how dare you, Brendan? Would you disagree? No, I'm fully on the Vikings train this year. For once, I have been. Oh yes, Kevin O'Connell has given me life back in my team. I am fully in support of this. We have most of our key okay. players have stayed. Oh, yes. You're hearing me excited. No no no, 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 no. Before you break this down, can you tell the phrase that you always tell me, <laughs> Andrew, and everybody else when you talk about your Minnesota Vikings and managing expectations? Can you please? Listen, as a Minnesota Vikings fan, we all have come to terms with, especially with anything to do with a football and a foot going up in the air and being kicked. Kickers. I don't, we don't talk about that. Okay. Curse of the kickers. Listen, you always expect the worst and get pleasantly surprised. That's my saying with the Vikings, right? That's been my life with the Cowboys. Well, you should have hopped on that train a long time. I I know. I know. All right. But anyways, let them break it down. So, I mean, Kevin O'Connell, come on. The man just came back from a Super Bowl win. he's revamping this offense. Am I wrong? We go from Zimmer we're letting you speak. I know. <laughs> we go from Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell, right? We still, I mean, I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan on I was paper. About to say, Colin, who's who's the Vikings? On paper, though, can you argue with him? No, you can't. He's still a solid QB for what we have available to us at the moment, In right? Fantasy, and we still have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. We still have Dalvin Cook back there. What I mean, we have the key players. We have the stacked team. We just don't have an amazing QB, but I think it'll be turned around with this new coach. Okay. That's uh, another disagreement among the divisions between my fellow co-hosts. But we're going to move on. This time, we're going to take it over to the NFC South. Brendan, why don't you start us off this time? Man, I mean, honestly, I'm going to have to ride with the with the Bucks. I mean, Tom Brady. I still, I'm still going to ride with that train. The man's a GOAT. I'm not going to bet against him. Yeah, I think the Bucks are without question going to win that division. Uh, I the Saints. I don't, it 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 fully depends on Jameis with the Saints, and I I just I don't know. I Jameis can be one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks. He is so consistently inconsistent. So, <laughs> I mean, he is coming back from uh, an injury. Yeah, he is torn ACL. We wish him the best, but. I just I, I can't I can't bet it on the Saints this year. It's it's gonna have to, and you know what I'm excited to see the Panthers with Baker. Mm-hmm. It's gonna I be think that'll be a good turn. I, I and I I think I said this last week. I'm not sure if I did, but Baker is not 
a bad quarterback. I still believe in Baker. He no, I'm right uh, again, right there with you. Like I said last week too. I'm on the Baker train. I've always have been, always will be. I think people need to give him more respect than what they do. Yes, can he talk smack and all that that people get upset about? 100%. But the man knows how to play, and you can't argue that. Like like we talked about the last one, I can go into detail on that one. Uh, Cleveland, you did not so great on your QB choices, and I will just leave it at that. You <laughs> wanted an adult QB. You got an adult QB with adult problems now. Congrats. Congrats, Cleveland. Well said. Well said. <laughs> That's, yeah, really well said. Okay. Moving on to the next division. We're going to go NFC West. Andrew, I'm kicking it over to you. Who do you got? I'm going to take the Seattle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually taking Jimmy G. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I appreciate this. The moment of... That's the year you just you're, gave me. You're no, brave. It, no, it was scared. I don't. Oh, I, was scared. <laughs> I was scared. No I was one thinks Gina's going to do that for you, but... No. no. <laughs> I'm, no I'm going to... And I know we just talked about putting respect on the Super Bowl champions' names, but I'm taking Arizona. Taking Arizona. Arizona, really? Taking Arizona. Why? Okay. Why Arizona? I think, I think Kyler has his year. Um, he just got his new contract, which I know historically doesn't usually play well, and he has a problem playing a lot of Call of Duty. I was about to say, speaking but of playing. Who doesn't? <laughs> Do we know the release date on that, by the way? Oh, it's <laughs> we need to keep track. It's coming up. Uh, you're going to see a tank a little bit. Now, I... I don't know. I think this might just be the year that the Cardinals kind of finally figure it out. They always start hot, and it's going to come down to the Cardinals just remaining consistent throughout the season and Cliff Kingsbury adjusting throughout the season. So you know, and they're taking some maybe, heads to try. Maybe to stay being on top in hard knocks, hard knocks in season will help. But I think LA is going to be a close second. I really can see those teams finishing with the same record. So okay. No, and this is where the disagreement comes again here. L.A., come on. You're going with L.A.? They have more people. Like That's I said right. earlier. I mean, I, I don't disagree with L.A. winning it either. I mean, it's just. Okay. Yes, I said they've lost some key pieces and all that, right? But like we talked about, too, they've retained a core. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it really for them in that division, just in general. Okay. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory. Very interesting reasoning from my two co-hosts. And finally, last but not least, the NFC East. But we're going to start. With Mr. Brendan Carson on this one. That's all right. Honestly, the Eagles look pretty good this year. I'm going to give it to the Eagles. They're coming up. I think the Cowboys will finally fall. I'm giving it to the Eagles also. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Hold on. A Cowboys fan just gave it to the Eagles. This is the same man who not even a week ago told me off air he's not a big Jalen Hurts believer. I'm not, but. What, What changed? The Eagles have completely revamped their offensive line and their defensive line. Yep. Yep. Those guys are tough in the trenches. And when you have a good O-line, that can do wonders for your a mediocre QB. If I think, and I do, I don't think Jalen Hurts is mediocre. I think he's just a slightly above average. I just, I think with a good O-line... Especially with his running ability, he's going to look really good this year. Was it now? Correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be. Was it the Cowboys that just lost their center? No, we lost our left tackle. Your left, left tackle again, yeah, Tyron Smith. Yeah, Tyron yeah. Smith. Yep. Once again, hurt. No one's talked about that. Uh, I just think the Cowboys. Now, clearly, it's one-two. It's Philly and Cowboys. There's no doubt about that. Okay. I think Washington I mean, and New York, uh, New York are going to be fighting for that last spot, uh, but. I think the Cowboys just are struggling, are going to be struggling at wide receiver. I know we have CeeDee Lamb. 
and that's your wide receiver one, and then you have Michael Gallup coming back. But other than that, don't worry, you got Trayvon that's going to give up a. Uh, yeah, he's going to give up a thousand yards, but hey, he's going to have twenty picks. Like, yeah, uh, it, it, <laughs> your it, picks do so great until and no, you have it, how many and, touchdowns? Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like, and I'm glad we kept Dan Quinn, and that you know defense is really. I just think under Dan Quinn, your defense is always going to perform somewhat well, no matter who you have on that defense. But I just don't see it working out this year. I think Mike McCarthy's gone this year. I think that the Cowboys end up with probably about a nine and eight record, sneaking into the playoffs, lose the first round like they always do. I think that's exactly what happens. Philly's going to end up. I think Philly will win 11, 11 10 games. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a very competitive NFC East in that sense of like, oh, both teams are winning 12, 13 games. I think it's just going to be both of them just win enough to win the division. Definitely not the AFC West, in your opinion. No, it's the complete opposite. (laughs) Well, also, let's look at the NFC East. Have they ever really been competitive? No. Not in recent. Not in recent memory. No. No. Not in the last two decades. So Yeah. Yeah. Well... That is going to wrap it up for the divisions. We're now going to move on to the regular season awards. Now, I want to make sure because we got a lot of topics to get um, through the show. So basically what we're going to run through is coach of the year, defensive player of the year, name one rookie that you're looking for, and MVP. Okay? I know there's a lot more awards that we can dive into and yada, yada, yada. We'll be talking about them all throughout the season. But we'll start with the coach of the year. Andrew, you want to kick us off? It's going to be tough. Uh, but I think um, Sean McDermott. I I agree. Okay, that's, yeah. that's where I was going to. <laughs> you, I'm like I said, I'm fully on the Buffalo Bills train. Yeah. I was a while back in our fantasy football league. I've big Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, great duo. I mean, that coach has a program that's working for him. He's working around Josh Allen, which is what you need to do with your quarterback. So I I think second though, it's going to be close for me. And I was just talking about Philly. I think Philly sneaks gets to gets to wins the division. They get into the playoffs, but I think they make a sneaky run. May not to the maybe maybe they win maybe they make it to the NFC Championship. So you're you're backing Nick Sirianni. And I'm thinking Sirianni second place. Okay. So, um, yeah, a unanimous selection though for the coach of the year from my fellow co-host. We move on now. Now again, you can pick offense or defense depending on where you want to go. So I'm giving you kind of a free reign here for rookies for rookie of the year. Yes. Um, who, in your opinion, are you thinking was going to have the best rookie season in the NFL this year? George Pickens. Ooh, okay. The former Georgia product, now wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Want to care to elaborate? I don't know, man. He just has he has the speed. He has the route running. He he just fundamentally, I think, better than Olave. Okay, so I. Uh, and, you know, I, I would take an argument for Olave any day. Chris Olave is one of the better receivers. Yeah. I mean, that's a shot at a random first-round wide receiver, but... <laughs> well, I don't know. I've just been hearing a lot of hype around Olave through training mm-hmm. camp and right. a lot of predictions of him being uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, okay. I just think that I, I'm going to take George Pickens. Um, defensively, I just think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. Aiden Hutchinson's just a beast in the trenches, and that man just terrorizes offensive linemen, so... All right, Brendan, who do you got for your rookie standouts? I was going to say Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, anyone on the offense, or are you just good with just Aiden Hutchinson? I'm just good to go and rock with him the whole time, man. Okay, fair enough. Uh, unanimous selection for the Defensive Rookie of the Year by my co-host. We now move on to that same side of the football, but it's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. 
We'll start with you, Brendan. Man, I mean, if you're not going to give T.J. Watt that award, I don't know what you're doing then. Do you think he has a similar similar arc to his brother in the run that he's about to go on in the defensive? I think so. Here? I think we're going to see him getting that award multiple times, and especially again staying healthy, all that too, right? I think we'll see him break that record because <laughs> let's look at last year; he almost did, and he not even it. the full game. I know, and the full season. Excuse me. Crazy numbers that this man's putting up. I mean, if you're not giving it to T.J. Watt, I don't know what you're doing, Andrew. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not mad at T.J. Watt. I I really do think T.J. Watt is probably one of the best player, probably the best defensive player behind Aaron Donald in the league. Um, but I think Michael Parsons has a breakout this year, this year, and I think he does win Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, pretty self-explanatory. The ultimate weapon on defense, Michael Parsons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on now to the final award before we get to the main event of this topic. Safe to say. We're going to be talking about who is y'all's pick for the regular season MVP award. Two-time defending uh, Aaron Rodgers has won it the past couple of years, but Andrew, who do you got? I think we're about to agree again. Well, can, can we do Offensive Player of the Year? Do you want to go that too? Well, I mean, I was just going to I, I think Brendan would enjoy it. Okay, we'll go I Offensive think, Player. I think it's going to be Justin Jefferson. So I, I would agree. Okay. There uh, you go. All right. Well, we included that in there. <laughs> um, we have to it, give offense its dues. JJ the That's Jet. Right. Come on, man. Well, I mean, offensive MVP, it's eh, similar. But anyways. <laughs> um, well, they're not the same for me. Eh, you know. Well, for the MVP, Andrew, who do you got? I think if you if I'm thinking you are, do you just want to say it on th- the count of three? I'll count you down. You want to do that? We say it at the same time and see. Hopefully it's the same. It's going to be really interesting post that. If it's different, it's, yeah. That's all right. Three. Two, one. Josh Allen. What? Joe Burr. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, two AFC quarterbacks. I think think Joe Burrow has a season for the ages this year. I'm looking at history here. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes and his second season. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Lamar Jackson and his second season. This would be Joe Burrow's third season, by the way. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. But he wasn't. Oh, you're right. He did. But. Technically, technically, Mahomes, third. technically, Mahomes was his first full season. He yeah. played one game his first year. Yeah, yeah. but but Mahomes could have played. Right, Joe exactly. was just hurt. Well, yeah, and Joe did play, but he got hurt. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, going Joe Burr, I think in his second, you know, fully competitive season, I think he just takes a step up. Him and Jamar, that chemistry is just going to gel even more. I think Joe Burrow takes it, but Josh Allen is a very very. Very close second. The man got snubbed out of a Super Bowl due to how we do overtime. That's all I'm saying. First, um, I don't first disagree. one to score. I don't disagree. On. I Josh We're, Allen is up there too. Brendan's playing the storyline. He's playing the storyline. That's okay. Narrative. That's okay. That's what he's. Doing. I, I. I mean, and I'm not mad at him for it. Listen, so. the man has the tools to utilize over there. Like we. I mean, again, we're giving Buffalo the head coach award. Yeah, they got the tools. They got the playbook. Again. And once we talk about Super Bowl picks again, I mean, I'm already kind of teetering anyways. Y'all can kind of figure out where I'm going with it. Right. I'm full on board with Buffalo. Okay. Fully on board. Okay. Well, speaking of that, here's what we're going to do to kind of wrap up this subject. We're going to simply, I'm going to go to one of you. You're going to give me the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, whichever one you want to go first with, doesn't matter. You're going to give us the Super Bowl. And then the Super Bowl champion. And if you want, you can even throw a Super Bowl MVP if you want to, just to make it a little extra spice. Andrew, I'll let you go first last time. So, Brendan, 
if you want to kick us off and take us through your final couple of weeks of the NFL season. Well, let's see here. If I'm going to go AFC-wise, I mean, again, I'm rocking Buffalo all the way. That's just how I'm doing it. Go ahead, put them up there in the Super Bowl contending. I'm going to tell you right now. Who are they defeating in the AFC Championship game? In the AFC Championship game, I think it's going to be against Kansas City. I think it's going to be a repeat. Okay, so a repeat of the divisional matchup yeah, from this previous year. Matchup, yep, yeah. in the divisional. Okay, and an over on the NFC? That's where I'm torn. I really am. Honestly, I the Minnesota in me, but no, it's not. I can't, but I want to. I really do, boys. I want it so bad. We just want one win, just one Super Bowl. That's all I ask. Yeah. It's not like you, you know. I told you, I'm fully on board. <laughs> this is the year I'll be fully on board. We need your answer, Mr. Carson. Yeah, uh, Brendan doesn't show his biases on this podcast at all, guys. No, hey, I will admit to my biasness. How dare you? We need your answer, Mr. Carson. Clock is ticking. Honestly, I'm going to probably say it's just going to be the Rams are going to win it all again over there. And who are they defeating? Green Bay. Okay. And that is a rematch of... A divisional matchup from two years ago. Yep. And in your Super Bowl, it's Rams-Bills. The opening night matchup this season. Who do you have taking it all? It's going to be Buffalo, baby. Like I said, I'm fully on board the Bills train. So I'm assuming you're having Josh Allen also win Super Bowl MVP as well. Absolutely. All right, Andrew. You've been very patient over there. We're going to need you to run through your AFC matchup, your NFC matchup. Your Super Bowl matchup, Super Bowl winner, and Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, my AFC matchup's going to be the same as Brendan's, Chiefs, and Bills. I think the Bills are going to win it this time, though. That was probably the most electric game we watched last season. I remember us being in Brendan's apartment. Just That's one of those you remember where you were when it happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the like, biggest I remember robbery. where I was during that Chiefs-Rams game. Uh, what was it, two years ago, three years ago? The Monday, the night, Monday football. night game? Yep. Yep. I that game was nuts. But, yeah, I think the Bills take it this time. I think Josh Allen finally gets over the hump. The Bills go back to the Super Bowl. Um, and they're going to be playing the Green Bay Packers, who beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Wow. With lack of tools, you're thinking Green Bay is going to go all the way. You have Aaron Rodgers. So you you have a battle of the potential two most gifted passers in NFL history. Yeah. In your Super Bowl matchup. Yep. Wow. They also golfed against each other. That's true. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's very true. The Capital One so, yeah, Super Bowl. I do, yep. <laughs> I do see, uh, I like I said earlier, I do see the Eagles making just kind of a sneaky run. Kind of like a 49ers-esque run. Uh, just not, uh, just all the way to the NFC Championship. Um, losing to the Green Bay Packers, who I think also finally get over that hump once again and get to the Super Bowl. But I do see the Bills taking it all in the Super Bowl with Josh Allen winning Super Bowl MVP. And honestly, if Josh Allen doesn't win, then it's going to be like Stephon Diggs or something. Yeah. The man has hands that are just sticky. They are covered in super glue or something. You can't change my mind. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, great NFL wide receiver. Well, looks like we have ultimately in the end a unanimous decision of who is going to win the Super Bowl between my fellow co-hosts. I will be releasing my predictions, like I said, later this week. We'll hear him on next Sunday's podcast. Yes. We and will post them to the Good Time Sports Podcast. Make sure you do follow us at Good 
Times Sport on both Instagram and uh, on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow us and TikTok as well. Correct? Yes. We're getting yep. into the TikTok. Gonna, yes, we have the TikTok tacker talkers over there, huh? Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. So we, please feel free to uh, engage. Jackson Holmes. If you want a job on a podcast, <laughs> let me know. We can't pay you at all. Yeah, but uh, we can, you know, use your TikTok skills. About to say so. Yeah, to bust out feel free to get in on the conversation. <laughs> Pat, I'm your biggest fan. Please send me your brother. Yeah, whether you want to tell me I, I, my handwriting's terrible or whether my pics are stupid or whatever it is, make sure you follow us on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever. We will be putting out uh, content on there as well, some bloopers, stuff like that coming in the next couple weeks. And we'll post these down in the description for the podcast. That way it's easier for you to find it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, has been a great bit of NFL talk, but I think Brendan's got some news over on the baseball diamond for us that we are going to discuss right now. Absolutely. You know, and instead of talking about regular season, which we're getting real close to that run, right? There, there's so much we can talk about, but let's talk about the U.S. World Baseball Classic Boys. Have y'all seen Team USA? So I added an article to the chat. Because I remember you talking about it briefly last week. And this is arguably one of the biggest baseball events of the year, yep. like consistently. They've got a pretty good lineup. <laughs> I mean, Team USA is ridiculously stacked. When we're looking at it here, we got Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, and we're moving into the infield, right? You got Arenado, you got Anderson, Turner, Goldschmidt. I mean, and then also in the hittings, I mean, the backup hitters, you have Pete Alonzo, Will Smith, Trevor Story, Cedric Mullins, and Tucker with the Astros. What more could you ask for from a Team USA team than that? We take great pride in baseball being America's pastime over here in the States. Mm -hmm. And this is something that whenever this list comes out, I'm always really pleased to see. Um, you know... The, the fact that there we have so many of the game's brightest stars able to commit to this event, even though, you know, they, they run the risk of injury and everything, for the love of the game, I'm so excited to see. I mean, Mr. Home Run, Pete Alonzo, is somebody that you always love to see. Mookie Betts is one of the better all-around players in the game of baseball alongside his teammate, Trey Turner, who's also going to be playing in the infield. And, of course, I mean, Mike Trout. I mean, who, <laughs> who doesn't love to see Mike Trout play baseball? And, I mean, none of us are even fans of him here, but he's a hell of a baseball player. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how Team USA stacks up to the rest of the competition. Baseball has always done a really great job of developing talent and, you know, producing talent from not only just the United States, but from around the world, whether it's Dominican Republic, Japan, all over. So I'm very interested to see how it looks for Team USA this year. Well, and also like something interesting that they dropped this week too on who's joining the coaching rosters. Mm -hmm. little, little tip of the cap over here to the Texas Rangers. Michael Young is joining as well. Former All-Star Game MVP Michael Young. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, even the coaches that are coming out here to play and like coach these younger guys, I mean, you're having all-star talent out there that not only is going to improve the game in the World Series Classic, right? It's going to prove them in the season down the road. You're being coached by these guys who they probably watched growing up. What more could you ask for? I mean, speaking of coaching staff, uh, I'm looking at this hitting coach right here, and uh, I think he knows a thing or two about uh, hitting the baseball. 
Oh yeah, who 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 would know a thing or two about hitting the baseball? It's none other than Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr., the hitting coach for Team USA. Yep. I mean, again, we <laughs> when we look at these teams, just how stacked the player talent is, and like we said, coaching talent. I mean, can you ask for a better hitting coach? No. I mean, uh, not in my opinion, no. <laughs> maybe you could try to throw, see if Bonds wants to come out and play, yeah. but I don't think baseball will let him. No, no, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> now, I'm very interested to see, because we talked a lot about the hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we know not everyone is fully committed, obviously, due to you know their decision of whether to play the event or not. Yep. In terms of pitchers, who should we be either on the lookout for or maybe expecting, you know, maybe they're not, you know, too past their prime or concerned about throwing out their arm or anything. Who would you estimate to be a potential USA pitching kind of rotation, if listen, you will? Listen, Justin Verlander, I think, is definitely one of the names that needs to be Correct. talked about. The man is in the race right now for the Cy Young Award. So, I mean, I'm putting him on there. Again, he might not want to. He might, because again, he is getting a little bit older, right? So the safer bet might be for him not to go and play. But what more of an honor can you think of, right? I think he should do it. Maybe some Josh Hader out there with a lefty. I mean, that man has been just crazy on the mound. It hasn't been so much since he's got traded, though, well, in his defense. Again, when you get traded in the middle of a season, right, you're going to new coaches. They get, try to change your stuff up and things like that. I still think he's one of the names you should look out for. He's definitely out there. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not sure. Is Martin Perez. The Texas Rangers all-star yeah. pitcher. He could be an interesting option. I'm not sure his nationality. Would, yeah, I'll give I'm you a chance sure. to look that up. Uh, Martin Perez certainly would be an excellent selection for whichever team if he decides to play. Obviously, he had uh, his difficult road back to baseball, and part of the reason he's such one of the more beloved players not only in baseball but in sports right now after his story so he will be venezuelan venezuelan okay so yeah so we'll see what he does man i'd like to see adoles garcia my boy but i mean cuban so yeah take your pick on what <laughs> he does so yeah i mean they're pitching obviously i think is the most important aspect of baseball 100 percent. um so it's very crucial that team usa backs up this lethal lineup with some guys that can really go the distance and be able to contribute. I mean, and if you can get like Max Scherzer and someone like that, like one of the, I mean, a big all-star pitcher to go out and play 100%. I don't know if they would. Just again, fear of injury. They got some big money already from their teams in general. I think those types of players you'd see would be more likely to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, right? I mean, we see that a lot now with the Olympics too. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those everyone wants to see our big athletes go compete in the Olympics, right? But they tend not to. I like hockey, for example. Hockey will take a break during the Olympics. They let those players go do what they want to do, right? But you're still going to see, and I mean, even NBA does it too. Mm-hmm. You're going to see people not go and compete as much. And that's just one of the things that comes with it. Money talks is at the end of the day. Yep. Oh, of course. And it'll be very interesting to see when the full rosters come out to see how the Team USA stacks with the world competition. In your own personal opinion, Mr. Carson, because you are the baseball expert on this show, I think there's no dispute about that. Who, if not Team USA, should be looked at as the potential threat to win it all? And who could be a potential dark horse, if anybody, upcoming in this World Baseball Classic? Man. Cubanos. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, if they all want to go play, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, it, it, uh, it goes back to, you know, wanting to play. Obviously, you're risking injury and... Stuff like that. 
and again, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you got like I don't foresee. Let's see, pool A, you have like Chinese. I'm not going to try to say that last part because I'm going to butcher that. You got Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and then qualifier from team one. I mean, qualifier team two. I mean, it again, it just depends on who they pop up in there. I would probably say in that bracket, again, Cuba. I mean, most of the Cuban players in the U.S., if if they'd go play for Cuba, 100% Cuba's going to dominate at that point in that bracket. Uh, and pool B, you're looking at Japan, Korea, Australia, and China. Honestly, Japan and baseball go hand in hand, but yeah, during COVID, I watched a lot of Korean baseball too. Cause that was like the only baseball I could watch. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I was waking up at like what? Yeah. Five in the, the morning. The Jinsu dinos. Yeah. Yep. That yep. was my team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, I, Japan or Korea, I'd give it to either one of those guys there. Pool C, you're looking at USA, Mexico, Colombia, and Canada. Obviously. I mean, we've already been talking about team USA's Lineup. I'm gonna give it to Team USA 100%. Pool D: Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, and Ooh, Israel. That sounds like a very competitive division. Dominican. That is. Yeah, and Man. Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico too. Honestly, I'd probably say Puerto Rico. Really? Depending on. I think I, I haven't looked at their team though. Marcus Stroman was confirmed to play. Uh, announced that he is pitching for Team Puerto Rico. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go Puerto Rico then. I'm going to be safe there. <laughs> Swung the vote right there. <laughs> yeah, all, all you got to tell Now, can you now do you have or do you want to announce the dates or do you want me to announce the dates or when it starts? Go for it. It is beginning uh from March 11th through the 15th. Uh Team USA will be facing Canada, Colombia, Mexico as Brendan previously mentioned. The Pool C winner and runner-up will advance to the quarterfinals in Miami from March 17th through the 18th where they will match up against the winner and runner-up of Pool like I said, it's it's it, very interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's yeah. gonna be fun to watch. And then again, it's what's not to like. I mean, cheer for Team USA. It's yeah. America. Come on now. Yeah. Unless you're maybe a trans uh, a plant from another country or something, then cheer for your country team if you want. I'm about to say or dual citizenship. Dual citizenship. Cheer for both. Shoot, why not? And then when they play each other, you got a tough decision to make. That's what happens to me when El Salvador plays USA in soccer. Yeah. But I usually root for El Salvador just because if they won that. It and they're the underdog, basically. A lot of those two. Yeah. Yeah. We forgot to mention, yeah, Andrew's definitely the cultured one on the podcast for sure, because he literally is from more than one culture. Yeah. Yeah. Not wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta love it from our producer, Andrew Maloney. Great breakdown, as always. Absolutely. From and kind of keeping on with the baseball topic, I think we got to go look at the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought this up. This story, it was when I saw this Jumbotron post. It was it. It hurt my soul reading this. Oh my gosh! For you, <laughs> it took me a second to realize what you were talking about. For but. you at home, the Milwaukee Brewers, like most baseball organizations, will do a put your personalized message up on the board. So on top of you know they're seeing a lot of happy birthdays, happy anniversaries, good luck on the big race. There's we see boy. an interesting one for Mark. Mark. I think most men feel for you, but this has to be the worst way it had to be done. Your friendship means the world to me. Let's not wreck it. Who on the Jumbotron at the Brewers? You are not friends after that. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's a private conversation to have, not on a Jumbotron. See, if it's one thing like, if you take a conversation like that public and you go full just like 
basically canceling the relationship in total. Like, Mark, I don't want to ever see you again. You blah 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 or yeah. whatever. Like, if you're if you're Let's detonating not it, not wreck it. Exactly. Relationship advice with good time sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just friendship advice too. At this point, no, you are yeah. not friends. Yeah. She wrecked it. Yeah. Not you, Mark. Oh, that one. I, that just. I that hurts my soul. Like I'm just I'm reading it right now and I'm just like yeah Mark got friend zoned. The thing is is like so no one because obviously they don't show the last name right. or anything or a picture right. or any other yeah. identification. So no one knows who Mark but, is. No, but Mark knows who but Mark, Mark is. Knows. Mark, knows. Mark knows who Mark yeah. is. I think that's what hurts more. And Mark's friends who Mark has been texting saying, "Hey guys, yeah, you know, I, I kind of shot my shot with." insert name here and yeah he's bragging you know, all his boys he's all yeah, hyped about he's all it hyped he's, up there because his boys were probably like yeah bro just do it you just go for it just you know just just you know just let her know Milwaukee how you feel baseball man. game you know, what's the worst that's gonna happen she's gonna say no well she went worse imagine he's like sitting alone at the baseball game too like she i don't think show it, up or oh that would be terrible i oh. think i think she probably sat there because the mind was like the hey, mind look at the jumbotron the mind just sits to wonder because, like, it, there's so much information that was left on the table. Now I get there's friendships where there's there's humor involved, and you know maybe maybe they're just that good of friends that that was just hysterical to both of them. But I, <laughs> the odds of that are low. Getting friends on that way is yeah. I don't know if anyone's gonna find that humorous. Now we the public are right, and I'm sorry, Mark, if you're out there listening to this, but uh, we feel for you. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean. To make Mark feel better, every guy, whether they want to admit it or not, has, has been friend zoned. Maybe not to this level. No, yeah, but, I've never been friend zoned. On but they have been friend zoned at one point. And to the credit, whenever you get friend zoned, you need your boys to pick you up. Well, Mark's got a boy in Kristen Yelich who tweeted out after Barstool Sports actually tweeted out this that Mark down absolutely tremendous <laughs> friend zone in front of the entire stadium. Kristen Yelich actually quote tweeted the tweet and said down two in the eighth inning, the dugout looked up and saw this and said, let's win one for Mark. We man. got you, man. Shout out to Yelly. Shout man. out to the Brewers. Shout out to the dugout. And Mark, you just need to know there's plenty of Brewers fans left in that stadium, man. Yeah. You don't you don't need that one. Why why limit him to just Brewers? There's plenty of baseball fans yeah. out there for you, Mark. It's even better when you recruit a non-fan from your favorite team and convert them to that team. Yeah. Honestly, I would I would rather not have a fan of my team though. I think it just keeps things interesting. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely the move. Like I'd marry, I, I'd marry an Eagles fan, just to try to just just, just for the constant. I mean, like, I'm marrying a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So Brendan, I mean, he's doing his part. It's, it's already <laughs> yeah, the house has been yeah. divided. <laughs> Sundays need, are fun. We oh, need, they. Are. Yeah, about to say we need a we need a week sk- one, <laughs> especially now. <laughs> we need a we need a skull. From a skull from Stephanie at oh, one point. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe if we can, if I get her in the stadium, I might be able to do it. Okay, I might. Because honestly, what if she ever does that? I don't know what other act of you know treason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she could. Commit. Well, I was gonna say act of love, but okay, that works too. It's I act of treason. It's act Green of treason. Bay. <laughs> that's it's what it is. Yeah, uh, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, that you, you've got to make sure you capture on film. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. So yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Listen, Mark, our thoughts and prayers are out to you. You know, poor Mark. You gotta pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Yelly's got your back. You're gonna be all right, man. The literally the entire like sports world has your back, man. <laughs> that tweet not came even, out. I think even people that aren't even in sports. Yeah, anyone that saw that picture is probably like, it's not the way to go. Damn, it's just not the way to go. We no. feel for Mark. We do. Shout out to you, Mark. 
wherever you're at in Milwaukee. <laughs> if it's even Milwaukee, imagine like he's not even from. Imagine, oh. imagine, imagine like this is his best. Fr- I, I don't know. This is okay. So this is what just came See, to like my head. The mind's <laughs> in the water. There's so many unanswered questions. The mind just imagine, goes wherever. Imagine this. You know, he's sitting there with this girl, their best friend. He's like, hey, like your birthday's next week. I got you a present. You know, and she's like, oh, what is it? And he's like, we're gonna fly to Milwaukee. Oh, we're gonna. Go, go to watch a, a Brewers Yeah, she's got game. like, you know, she's she, got like family. She's the Milwaukee yeah, fan. Like, he's yeah, not. The, her oh. whole family's like there. Like he just surprised her with like tickets. She's like the biggest Brewers fan. They live in like oh he didn't know Arizona he, or something. Yeah, no, they like he he bought some gear. Like he's you know yeah, he's all in, in for it. Oh, he's all in for this. They got a nice hotel right by the stadium. Yeah, this and is something. And then at the hotel, he's like, hey, you know, I know I got you all this stuff. But, you know, like I I wanted to tell you something. Yeah. Like, I think I love you. Oh, come on, girl. You know, I me. mean, yeah, the L bomb that could really throw a wrench into things if that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's all speculation, but I just, I'm, I'm living. Yeah. We're uh, making up. <laughs> yeah, folks, this is not true. No, yeah. We're, we're completely making this up making as this up. we go. Yeah. But I just imagine just worst case scenario. This is how it ends up. Mark's out you here. Know. Come on, baby girl. Yeah, look hope, at me. I look hope. me in the eyes, girl. <laughs> look at me. Oh my God. I hope you, me. someone is. With Mark right now, helping that boy out because that that man needs it. Well, like we said, Yelly's with him, and so is the Milwaukee. Uh, Colin, yes, something big happened in basketball this week, didn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, was it was it what, big? Was it big? I I think so, and it was something that it was pretty big for all the drama that. The NBA offseason tends to bring. Um, it was kind of a letdown this year because obviously the two major stars that were rumored to be on the move did not actually get traded. But we did have a trade right before the NBA season that's going to shake up the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. I agree. It, do you want me to break it down? Go ahead. Break it down. Utah Jazz all-star guard Donovan Mitchell. He has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, Oche Agabaji, the former Kansas product, three unprotected first-round picks, and two pick swaps. Donovan Mitchell joins fellow All-Star Darius Garland, up-and-coming superstar Evan Mobley, former NBA champion Kevin Love, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the same Cavaliers who made the NBA play-in tournament last season, ultimately falling to the Brooklyn Nets, Boys, in y'all's opinion, what's your initial reaction to the trade, and where does this put the Cleveland Cavaliers? Somebody called nine one one. There has been a robbery that we need to report. <laughs> <laughs> Want to care to elaborate on that further, Brendan? I mean, why? You're saying for who? Just for the record. Why it's, are you trying on Cleveland's all part? That? Yes, all th- you're giving up so much. Like why? Okay, Cleveland Cleveland gave up a lot. And you know what? My initial reaction was the same when I heard the news about the trade. I really thought, what what is Cleveland doing? First off, nobody saw this coming. Nobody. Oh, the no. biggest rumor was the Knicks. Donnie to the Knicks. Right. Didn't happen. Then the Knicks ended up extending RJ Barrett and we knew just it wasn't gonna happen. So mm-hmm. everyone was like, Okay, Donnie's gonna stay with the Jazz. They're going to rebuild around Donnie again. You know, Gobert's already gone. You already have some picks for Gobert. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just move on. Mm-hmm. Figure it out then. Right. Then out of nowhere, 
we get a Woj bomb and a Shams bomb. Bum, bum, bum. And at first, I was like, that's a lot of names. That's a lot of picks. Yeah. But the more I look at it, the more I see that Cleveland has... I'm not going to lie. I think they have the best starting lineup in the East. Now, let me let me tell you why. I think they have the most balanced lineup. Hold on. Okay. The most balanced lineup. Ooh, and that's not to say, that's not to say. I think you have shaken him to his core. I know. <sighs> I know. But that's not to say that Giannis isn't a game changer because Giannis is obviously the best player in basketball right now at this moment. I already see him turning red <laughs> and just wanting to disagree so bad. That's okay. No, and, he, and I can I can see why because when you say that, I I think that they're the most balanced starting lineup in the East. But when you have players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in Boston who are going to completely revamp anyone that's around them, they're going to elevate their games. So those starting lineups end up being just fine because of those two superstars. And then you have Giannis who, and, um, oh my God, Chris Middleton up in, in Milwaukee. They're going to be just fine because they elevate the talent around them. And then in Philly, you have James Harden and you have Seth Curry and you have Joel Embiid, I, who I think is going to win the MVP next year. But from one to five, I really like the Cavaliers. Colin's giving me a death stare that's absolutely This terrifying. is the same man right now talking to y'all that is not on board with my Vikings train with all the tools that they have. And now it's here okay. he is trying to give it's, the same spiel. Colin, can, can, can I respond? No, Colin, say what you want to say. <laughs> okay. That's okay. And I hope you change my mind. That's okay. That's okay. fine. All right. That's what we're here for, right? First of all. Donovan Mitchell is a very talented basketball player. Yeah. He is a multiple-time All-Star. Yeah. I would say, off the top of my head, he's a top 15 player in the NBA. Okay. At his best. Absolutely. He it automatically becomes the best player on the Cleveland Cavaliers yes. roster. Okay. You are a Mavericks fan, correct? Yeah. So you watched the series in which Donovan Mitchell played. And he choked. Those seven games. Yeah. Not only did he choke, he couldn't guard me or you. Yeah. Out on the floor. I should have <laughs> I should have said best offensive starting lineup. That's okay. my fault. So I'm it glad you brought that up. We're just going because, to overlook the defense entirely, huh? Because Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are two undersized guards for their positions yep. who cannot defend no. offensive yep. level masterminds that I, they got at the NBA. I com- I have it written offensive starting lineup, so I got you. They, don't get me wrong, they'll put up buckets. They'll, I'm sure they'll gel quickly. Um, looking for Evan Mobley to step up, and he'll do his part to protect the paint. Kevin Love, I'm sorry, bud. You cannot guard the way you used to guard. No. And they'll throw in some rotational piece at the three, yeah. and he'll do his part. But that perimeter defense is going to be one of the worst in the NBA in terms of rotational. Oh, moves. absolutely. You're gonna and have, their you're gonna bench to, is rough. You're going to have to stagger. Mitchell and Garland because though I mean I get it maybe in closing time just to get the offensive flowing you're gonna need to play him out yeah unless Donovan Mitchell remembers how to play defense they're going to struggle secondly in the east I just mentioned earlier like when I was breaking down the trade they were in the playoff playing game they lost to the Brooklyn Nets 
and technically weren't even in the official playoffs for the NBA. Right. In the East alone, Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the best player in the NBA right now, along with Chris Middleton, a healthy Chris Middleton, who yeah. obviously was injured and wasn't able to complete the postseason. Right. Drew Holiday, yeah. who is about as solid a two-way guard as oh, there is. As there is. Brooke Lopez, who was able to stretch the floor, been able to knock down shots and everything. And again, they did lose Dante DiVincenzo, but I believe Pat Connaughton could also be a really solid two-athletic wing that can shoot, knock down some perimeter shots. Yeah. Mike Budenholzer has the offensive system down in Milwaukee. You don't need to worry about Milwaukee's offense. Their defense, by the way, still one of the best in right. the NBA. Boston Celtics, the defending Eastern Conference champion, yeah. Jason Tatum, yeah. Jalen Brown. Marcus they just they, they just added Malcolm Brogdon, who's yeah. now their guard. That's true. You're uh, right. I forgot about Malcolm Brogdon. Robert Williams, yeah. Al Horford, who can stretch the floor. Now, Robert Williams isn't going to give tribute much on the offense, but defensively, you already know, Marcus Smart, defending defensive player of the year, and he may not even be the most important defender on the Celtics. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting cooked. Philadelphia. You're just now figuring that out, bud? <laughs> Philadelphia. Joel Embiid, you 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 just said you are possibly predicting as MVP for this upcoming season. Yeah. James Harden, Tyrese Maxey you didn't even mention. Yeah. Seth Curry. Yeah. You've got Tobias Harris, who, again, overpaid. Man could still drop 15 to 18 points on a given night regardless. Yeah. And Philadelphia's still looking to add. They added P.J. Tucker. They added Daniel House. They're going to be more depth, as you mentioned, the lack of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I might Cavaliers. about not cutting stuff. Yeah. You did this to yourself. I hope you're aware. <laughs> the Miami Heat. Now, granted, Tyler Hero. Not about the Heat. Jimmy Butler. I always forget. Everyone forgets. Bam Adebayo. Yeah. It just doesn't matter because they're in the playoffs or yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. it seems like, every year. Yeah. That team with Eric Spolstra, Pat Raleigh, that culture, they're going to be deep. They're ready to come after it. And if you think that Jimmy Butler in a one-on-one matchup with Donovan Mitchell isn't going to bully that man into submission come postseason time. You are sadly mistaken, my friend. That's just the top four. I was talking about this conversation with a buddy earlier today. Cleveland has earned the right to say that they are a playoff contender and should be respected as such. Cleveland! Exactly. And respect to them, because ever since LeBron James, before the LeBron James era, it's been a while since Cleveland has been postseason relevant. Yeah. They will be this upcoming season obviously with health, knocking on wood for them and everything. They are not a second-round playoff team. They are not close to being the offensive juggernaut that you just claimed them to be. I am sorry. They will be exciting. They will be spectacular. But just like the Portland Trailblazers, who also have two undersized guards back in their history that used to dominate and even got to a Western Conference Finals at one point. Yeah. No, Neither Donovan Mitchell nor Darius Garland is at the level of Damian Lillard. Guys, you just witnessed a murder on the podcast. And I just think that Cleveland will be fun. They'll be entertaining. Colin just absolutely cooked me. But I do not expect them I to apologize be a for my least. awful take. You're right. <laughs> no, I, and you know what? That's, what are friends for? <laughs> I mean, I can admit when I was completely wrong and I just completely did not analyze this correctly at all. Listen, it's, it's, so you went, it was, I, I, I spoke, respect I the spoke take. before I, I respect, thought. I respect the effort of the take. Because you saw this trade and you wanted to talk about it and you went full plunge. Yeah. We can all appreciate that. Deep dive. It's and it's right, you know? It's it's something. Sometimes you just need to be corrected though. It it definitely gives Cleveland the step up that they need. They yeah. still have farther to go. By the way, I didn't even mention Chicago. I know. DeMar DeRozan. You, you don't have to keep going. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't have I'm sorry. to keep I'm going. I'm sorry, but look, 
the East is competitive. I don't know if you realize this. In terms of the Western Conference and the East, they've both got their level pecking order now. Yeah. I'm still expecting Charlotte to take a step up with LaMelo Ball. And I think everyone listening has now just heard probably a slaughter. <laughs> That's I I, I have nothing. Get it, okay. <laughs> I got I just want to let everyone know I got to be a fly on the wall for this. I get it. Oh my goodness. And it was fantastic. I get it. All right. Well, to make you feel better, uh, we can move into some good time TV that I've been watching recently. Ooh. Welcome to Wrexham. <laughs> Absolutely. Have y'all seen this yet? Okay, so to answer the question, no. Um, <laughs> this man. I've been trying to get him to watch it now for a week straight. You've been trying to get me to watch anything, to be fair, for well, the longest time. This man literally doesn't... I think he lives in a cave half the time. He I, doesn't watch it. I live in my sports bubble. Thank you. Listen, and that's fine and dandy. I'm right. trying to get you to watch something that has sports in it, though, too. Yeah, it takes me forever to get into a show, watch a show, movie. If you catch me on the right day, like, I'll watch it. But I'm just, it's just. I'm, I'm going to get you to watch Field of Dreams. Okay, we're, we're going to get there. I'm going to get you. So, if you're unfamiliar with what Brennan is talking about, Welcome to Wrexham is on FX and FX on Hulu uh, in the United States, Disney Plus in the UK, uh, starting this past month in August. Uh does start Ryan Reynolds and Rob, I can't pronounce that last name, Mika. Mikael Henley? Mikhail the guy Henley? from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Basically, it's Deadpool and Mac from Always Sunny yeah. decided to buy a team together. Okay, and Brennan is the only one out of us that has watched the show. The man who knows nothing on soccer, but has been learning, believe it or not, because they broke it down to me in baseball terms. Ted Lasso so, helps, too. I, I've been, I watched that, too. Okay. I I, Ted Lasso doesn't teach me like I did that. Brennan, right. last week, I did a sales pitch as a university recruiter slash head coach for University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I don't know if I Play can football. do a Welsh accent. I, 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 I'm not asking you to go Welsh. I'm not asking you to go Welsh. I'm asking Man's you as a man who you just pointed out, I'm not the biggest, you know, television show consumer. Sell me on this show. Sell me why I should go home tonight after we record this podcast and go, go to Hulu and watch Welcome to Rexon. First, why you should watch it tonight especially College football's coming to an end for the night. What's a better way to wind down than with some sweet sound of Ryan Reynolds' voice in your ears? And with Mac. I mean, that's that's the best first pitch he's got. <laughs> I don't think I'm sold. Going. <laughs> so, so far, I have I'm putting one. on my Xbox headset, full volume, laying down. Ryan Reynolds. Absolutely. So basically how the show works, right? Two celebrities decided, hey, let's buy a soccer team. More so it comes from Rob over here. He he really loves the city of Wrexham. He says it feels like Philadelphia. And he's you, a big Eagles fan. You mean like Welcome to Wrexham as in the TV show? They yes. bought the Wrexham team? They did. <laughs> wow. It's a documentary. Crazy, wow. right? Shocked. But Rob... Color me shocked. I thought they were talking about Man City. <laughs> they're, they're working to try to get it up to that level. So believe it or not, they bought a lower team. They're trying to work their way up to get up to the higher levels. So it's I think that's what every team's doing. Exactly, but it's an underdog story, right? So it's about the small town, basically, where he says it feels like Philadelphia for him. For those of you that don't gotcha. know, Rob's a big Eagles fan, grew up in Philly. I mean, always sunny in that's Philadelphia. What always sunny, right? So it's kind of about his life, in a sense, that show. Well, we now mix it with, okay, he's wanting to expand. He's wanting to get into sports. He loves sports. I mean, one of the things he puts up there is when the Eagles won a Super Bowl, he puts that up there with his marriage, right? 
best moments of his life. So the man, that's such a Philly thing to do. That is, (laughs) listen. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) That's such a Philly thing to do. (laughs) But that just shows you kind of the sports fan that he is, right? So Rob and Ryan both go into this not knowing anything about soccer, just like me, and they go and buy a team. What's kind of interesting though is to be able to buy this team because how Wrexham worked, they have been low in the leagues for so long that now basically the majority owners is the fans. So the fans had to vote. Yeah, kind of like uh, the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, yeah. 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 Okay. So it's the same concept, right? So it's basically the fans had to vote and they had to win, I think it was like 83% of the vote to be able to buy the team. Spoiler alert, they bought the team. Everyone loves it. And most of them were like, hey, look, they were really concerned it was going to be a one-year kind of thing, right? And so that was kind of their big concerns. They're in it for the long haul. They really are. Yeah. So bought a team. Almost made it to a playoff spot, lost it at the end. It's kind of how the first episode ends, and then it goes into rebuild. So they're rebuilding this whole team. They're rebuilding the stadium, the field, all sorts of stuff, right? And the field, we can get into another topic because in an episode, they get a whole new field out there, spend like over like 150000 or something like that, and the grass doesn't take, and it's just getting torn up all the time out there, so then they have to go and redo that. And you get to see Ryan Reynolds get a little bit upset, and so it's just you see a different side to these actors that you normally wouldn't. And as well as it talks about the background of soccer. So you get to see from a management standpoint, all the people that help make this giant puzzle run together, right? And it's so cool to see that, that all these little pieces make together this one big puzzle piece, which is a soccer team. So you just get to see the development of a program and everything that happens with it. So it's really cool. And uh, again, as someone who's not a soccer fan, I'm learning more about the game. I'm learning how it works. It's a great documentary. So Brendan was talking about how they want to bring Wrexham, you know, up to the top. Let me just put this into perspective. Okay. Wrexham is in the fifth tier of English soccer. Basically, in baseball terms, they're below single A. They're playing high school and beer league. So they're like... Are they like the Savannah Bananas level of baseball? Savannah Bananas, I think, are a little bit, <laughs> a little bit better. Think like, think like Friday Night Beer League baseball is yeah. where they're in the and league. So like a and bunch of dudes from the they're, office they are, go out and these guys okay. basically these guys how much they get paid they have to work part time jobs yeah. and stuff. So to make it to the Premier League, they would have to obviously win the Nations League, which is what they're in the fifth tier. Then they'd have to win League Two, which is the fourth tier. I know this is a little bit confusing. Then they'd have to win League One, which is the third tier. Then they'd have to win the championship, which is the English football championship, and get promoted into the Premier League and then eventually win the Premier League. And for those of you that are very confused at what Andrew said, I'll break it down to you just like the show did to help me understand. So League Two is single-A baseball, right? Yep. Okay. So League One, double-A. Championship. You're at the minor league AAA level. And then when we're looking at the Premier League, that's major leagues, baby. So imagine not only players running through that system, it's whole teams. Yeah. It's whole entire teams running through that system. Which, honestly, Which I could get behind that I in would other say, sports. I would say the league, the Nations League that they're in, is more considered a low A affiliate. And then... Uh, league uh, two, which is the fourth tier, would be high A affiliate. So it's they have a long way to go. Now, granted, the odds are clearly against them, but if you do have owners behind you that are willing to devote everything into a team, um, there's no reason that maybe in 60 years it doesn't happen. But 
it's going to take some time. And one of the things, though, that's funny, too, right, just to kind of show Highly you. Highly recommended show, though. I've heard really great things about 100% it. 100% great. And like I said, kind of the just to show you kind of the star power that Rob and Ryan brought to the team, before the team had, like, a tractor sponsor, like a tractor trailer sponsor, and now they have, like, TikTok sponsoring them. So like, they're bringing in money. Okay. So, yeah, I know. You're like, what? No, farm equipment sponsor, basically. I was going to say, is John Deere going <laughs> no, out there? No, not that high, even. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, so I'm assuming a lot of the revenue is coming from, obviously, Deadpool and... Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. Ryan and Rob have been... Ryan I mean, and they're Rob. literally okay. putting their own personal money on the line for this, right? Okay. So again, they're investing into it. They're investing long-term. And that's what's cool. They got money on the line, so they're really willing to do it. So uh, it's great TV, fun to watch. I'm telling you, just and give it, it a shot. So absolutely. it's it's a reality-based show based on documentary. This documentary. No, it's real. It's, it's this is happening. They filmed it like a documentary, and it's literally like going. Okay, yeah. so they take what happened. It's basically hard knocks. Got yeah. it. okay. Hard knocks, but okay. soccer. Yeah, that's the best exactly. way to put it. perfectly yep. to put it. Okay, and it's Ryan Reynolds is in it. There, that's all you need to know. I mean, staying with soccer player. though. Yeah, the Champions League starts this week, folks. I'm so pumped. We have some great matchups this week. We have Sevilla against Man City. We have Celtic against Real Madrid. Salzburg against Milan. We have PSG and Juve, which is going to be a great match. And Ajax Rangers is going to be awesome. We have Inter Milan and Bayern Munich. Going to be super exciting. Super pumped for that. Uh, no other really big matches. Oh, Atletico... Atletico Madrid and Porto is going to be uh, on Wednesday as well. So, really exciting stuff this week. Uh, we can talk about Erling Holland just real quick because this kid is absolutely nuts. This man dominated the Bundesliga, came over to the Premier League, and now has two straight matches with a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, the, all, that's all I need to the, say. The dude is awesome. I There was a report uh, from the official Bleacher Report uh, soccer account mm -hmm. um, that... It's only taken him six games, and he's already amassed double digits and goals That's for insane. the Premier League season. Um, the Premier League has not always been the easiest transition, especially from absolutely not players from other leagues. Uh, we've had plenty of stars that you know have dominated, whether it's La Liga, whether it's the Bundesliga, as Andrew mentioned, whether it's the French league, uh, the Italian league, whatever. They come over to the Premier League, and it's just a completely different game. I mean, we've heard plenty of players talk about the differences, the more physicality, the competitive nature of it. And I that's mean, why homegrown players typically perform well in the Premier League because yeah. they have been in the rankings of that team their entire life. Such as, and I'm just going to name English players off the top of my head, uh, Harry Kane, Kane Alley, yeah. uh, Kyle Walker as well. Yep. Um, it's just to name a David few. Beckham. Yep, exactly. Uh, Wayne Rooney back in the day. Yep. Uh, so it's definitely, I would say, probably the best soccer league, uh, the Premier League in the in the world, just because of football. Just feels like it's it wouldn't feel right without the English Premier League. Oh, absolutely not. And I think the Premier League is the best soccer league there is in the world. Ooh, that's an interesting topic. Yeah, I want to ask you that. Out of the major leagues in soccer, if you had to rank them, Andrew, how would you rank the leagues up upon each other? <laughs> I kind of think it's already kind of set in stone. Uh. La Liga can be super interesting some years. A little top-heavy, though. A little, very top-heavy. I okay. mean, <laughs> you have Real, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, uh, Athletic Club, Sevilla. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You have, way. yeah, you have your big six. If you compare it to the Premier League, you have your big six, which is Man City, Man U, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea. 
Okay, there's your big six. But then you have teams like Newcastle. You have Leicester City who came out of nowhere and won the Premier League. Yep. You have um, teams like... I'm blanking. Who Wrexham is the team? down the road. Yeah, Wrexham, yeah, down the road. <laughs> but also, who was the team that just clobbered Man United recently? It was like 6 to nothing. I think it was like a couple weeks ago. Um, it was like Brenton or something. I apologize. I, if I Brentford. Put, Brentford, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, Brentford. Um, was it Brentford? I think it was Brentford. Brentford, yeah. And it's just the Premier League. It was not Brentford. Um, okay. Wah, 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 wah. Sound oh effects God. there. <laughs> uh, brought but, to you by me. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle's, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Leicester City. Uh, definitely uh, Crystal Palace is also a very interesting team. Um, Crystal Palace. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the Premier League has more well-known nations and everything. Absolutely. Leeds, Fulham. I mean. Yeah. And uh, Wolves. Yeah, Wolverhampton. I mean, it's Everton, Everton. Aston Villa, West yep. Ham. There we go. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, we finally jogged your memory a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, you did. You really did. And and that's the thing. The Premier League. I just think from top to bottom, it's the strongest league, best league in Europe. After that, La Liga, obviously. But then it's kind of a toss up. I mean, can I give you what I think is my worst league? Huh? I think it's the Bundesliga. No, I think the Bundesliga. In uh, let me explain to you why. So, Bayern Munich, for those who don't know, run the Bundesliga. They've won, I think, if I last checked, it was like the 10 straight league championships yeah, of the Bundesliga. Dominant. They have been dominant. Uh, Borussia Dortmund has been kind of their main rival, oh, I would say. Without a doubt. And just the level of competition has gone significantly down. Like, it's a joke at this point. Like, you're basically, if you're in the Bundesliga I, and you're I not playing agree. for Bayern Munich, you're not at a top-level uh you know, soccer player in the Bundesliga. Or if you look at the Italian league, yes, Juventus was, you know, running the league for so many years. They've kind of fallen off. Inter Milan has really stepped in, um, among others. The Italian league, yes, you have PSG, but they had, uh, I forget their name. They just had somebody who just won years ago in the Neymar Mbappe era. Now you have, uh, you have, uh, was it Lale or I forget what Leon, 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 you have Monaco. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, not a bad league, don't get me wrong, but I think the Bundesliga is going to be my third league. Really? Yeah. I just, I mean, I look at teams like Bayern, I look at teams like Dortmund, and I see teams like Frankfurt. I see Leipzig. I see Salzburg. I see Schalke. Uh, I see, um, I see Wolfsburg. I mean, I, I don't think that, um, the Bundesliga is all that bad. I think I see Bayern coming down to earth a little bit, and I think I see the other teams elevating just a, just enough. I just don't see it, man. I see competition in the Bundesliga, and there's a reason that um, uh, the Champions League gives them four teams every year. I it's I mean I get it. It's just to me, it's just it's become so predictable that Bayern is this heavyweight giant like Mike Tyson in his prime that, yeah, I mean, you've got other name, nameable guys that'll fight there They're, and you could make a fight. Here, and, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're just going to give you a first round I think I have, exactly. I think I have Premier League 1, I have La Liga 2, okay. and then I have, on any given year, a League 3 by committee. I For me, Italian League is the third best league. I mean, I have Inter Milan, you have AC Juventus. Milan, Juve, Napoli, yeah. a classic team, Atalanta, Roma. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the Italian League. To me, if you want to argue for out of the, you know, the five that we mentioned, the French League can be with PSG's dominance, but I still think PSG 
and the French League is still a little bit more entertaining than Bayern just because of Bayern's dominance. Like, don't be wrong. Respect to Bayern. They're doing what they're supposed to do, which is dominate at the best possible ability and just running the league and everything. To me, it's just like, it just I lose faith in the other teams. I think the there. French league is my last league. Okay, so you would argue French, which yeah, that's I'd, fair. I'd argue French last. I mean, you have PSG, you have Lyon, you have Monaco. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 an interesting debate. We'll obviously see. You know, maybe in the Champions League, if uh, we Marseille has been good as of yeah. late. Yeah, that's another one. Um, but the thing is, I just think, you know what? Yeah, I'd say Premier League one, La Liga two, and then Bundesliga. And Serie A, which is the Italian league, Serie A, yeah. will interchange as time goes. And you're just French league is last. No and French is, is last. Okay. Yeah. Listen, y'all can keep it. I'm going to stick with Wrexham all the way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this Wrexham train is not going to stop anytime soon. No, it is not. And I Absolutely. hope they make it all the way up. Absolutely. Well, I mean, they got Ryan Reynolds, so they're automatically. Staying in Europe, though, Colin. Yes. F1 has gotten really, really interesting as of late. Just yeah. kidding. It's gotten more boring because Max Verstappen is just running away with the title. Yeah. I mean, do you, you, do mean, you really expect anything different? No, no. Not Max, this year. Max Verstappen, I said this last week, he is the best driver in the sport. He has the best car in the sport. And he is driving in back-to-back -back races the nation he was born in and the nation that he dri uh, drives for. Excuse me, with the Dutch. Yep. He won... Uh, he, one qualifying pole from Charles Leclerc by two hundredths of a second Dang. over Charles Leclerc. Carlos Sainz, uh, Leclerc's teammate, finishing in P3. Lewis Hamilton had a chance to potentially make it close. Unfortunately, Sergio Perez uh, spun out in the last sector of the last go-around in Q3. Uh, Lewis had to settle for P4, Perez in P5, and George Russell rounding out the top three in P6. Andrew... Zandvoort is one of my more underrated tracks, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. As uh, banking. Yeah, it has banking. And to be honest, whenever like a new track, it's just kind of like that new fling. You just yeah. kinda, you, you see it. You're not used to it. You get this new sense of like, oh, anything could happen. We're not really sure what to expect here with the strategies and everything, obviously with the new cars this year. I think Max is going to really have his hands full. He didn't win a single session in practice uh, this entire week. Leclerc... And, or, excuse me, Ferrari and Mercedes looked like they were able to challenge the pace. Obviously, the, excuse me, the top three teams were all separated by three-tenths on their top drivers. Yeah. In your opinion, I know Max Verstappen is clearly ahead in the championship, and this is something that, as a Formula 1 fan, you kind of have to sometimes, excuse me, accept the fact that there is going to be times where a driver and a team is just going to be more dominant oh, than the absolutely. other. absolutely. And I think that's what's going to happen with Red Bull this year. What... Should we be looking for not only with the Dutch Grand Prix, but for the rest of the season in terms of Formula One? I, I just think we see the same that we've seen the last four or five races. Max Verstappen's just going to keep winning. He's going to keep, you know, and he's not going to win every race all the way out, obviously, but he's, I just don't see any competition. Ferrari was their greatest competition to start the season, but their strategy and their inconsistency with their engine and their manufacturing uh, really set them back just too far to come back. I think it's just too far to come back. Had Leclerc won the races he started on pole, yeah, this would be a tight, tight title fight. And then we'd have Lewis Hamilton coming in later in the season, and we may, we'd have a three-way fight for the title. Yeah, But because Max Verstappen just ran away with all those points while Mercedes was still trying to figure things out, he just, 
Uh, the last bad race I can remember Verstappen having was Jeddah. I was going to say Australia. Australia. When he put it out. And then obviously with Silverstone, yes, he had the damage to his floor and he was unable to really get, go at full pace. He ended up finishing, I think, like P7, P8. Yeah. But under his own terms, like he is the most consistent driver week to week and Red Bull have backed him up. They've fixed their issues that they had at the beginning of the season. And I don't expect that to change. No. Leclerc and Ferrari and Sainz, I'm just waiting to see when I watch this race tomorrow how they screw it up again. Yeah. Like, they'll find some way, even if it's the smallest mistake, like they did last week, bringing him in to try to steal fastest lap, and it ultimately, now Leclerc did speed into the pit lane by one kilometer. One kilometer an hour. Um, It did cost him a position uh, over or against Fernando Alonso for P5. Leclerc ended up finishing P6. That, to me, is kind of like the more interesting storyline. It's like they've become almost like a laughing stock at this point. As oh, one it's, of the it's a joke, and it's been something that we've seen throughout Ferrari's history. They're... Their team management is really tough. The thing is, is that they really limit themselves in hiring. They really love to hire from home. They love to hire from Italy. And that just comes with Ferrari's tradition. But I think Ferrari just really needs to focus on just finding the, the best person for the job. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter where they come from. Like, I love Mattia Bonotto as much as the next guy. But I, he's just not it right now. And yeah. I think that a change is going to need to be made. When... When we sit there, right, and we're watching these practices, we're watching quality, we're watching even during the races. If you look at some of the top teams, whether it's Total Wolf, who hasn't, hasn't who isn't having the best season, whether it's Christian Horner, or whether it's the um, I'm forgetting the boss for Alpine um, off the top of my head, uh, Omar, Omar, Omar Sotfire, they, they, you know, you know, personify like this confidence in them. Yeah. that they are willing to sit there and do whatever it takes to do what's best for their team, and the team has confidence in them to do the best job that they could possibly can. Absolutely. When I look at Mattia uh, Bonotto, he doesn't seem like he really has the full support of not only his drivers, but it seems like his entire strategists don't really feel like they believe in the concept of Ferrari. We saw earlier in the season when Charles Leclerc was openly questioning him and, you know, Mattia was giving him the finger being like, you know, you need to kind of... You know, keep quiet about this. We'll talk about this in the team later. Yep. And I just, to me, it's something that Ferrari will have to reevaluate at the end of the season. Obviously, I'm not sure where his contract situation stands, but to me, that seems to be the biggest thing because Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc are two of the best drivers going into Formula 1 right now. That's a hell of a driver pairing. Yeah. And ultimately, they haven't gotten done this year. They're probably going to finish P2 in the constructors. When re and Honestly, they've had the best car this year. Oh, they have. Without a doubt, they came in with the best car, but we'll just have to see how this plays out. Uh, we have a race tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. sharp. Um, Do you want to talk about the elephant in the room? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, who it's been known that is now leaving McLaren, uh, is being replaced by a new Australian, Oscar Piastri. Um, the, uh, McLaren finally announcing what everyone seemed to have already known. Oscar Piastri to F1 in the McLaren seat that is now Daniel Ricciardo's. Um, from what we've heard is this contract was signed in July. It was signed on the 4th of July. Yep. And McLaren led Daniel to believe that there was still a chance that he would have that seat. Yeah, there was a report that came out short thereafter. That yeah. Th that they were committed to... That they were committed to Daniel, yep. that Daniel was going to keep that seat. And which was a lie. <laughs> Sorry. Bless you. 
Uh, I'm, right. just, I'm just allergic to BS is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's he exactly. is throwing the shots BS. you all night. No, no, no that he's was, talking about McLaren. I'm oh, talking about McLaren. Because no, what McLaren did is it's nasty. It's disgusting. It sucks that they did it. Um, it. It's really upsetting that a team would do that to their driver. You need to be transparent. You need to be honest. Um, granted, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Piastri in F1. The dude dominated every single uh league that he was in whether it was f4 f3 f2 yeah the dude was electric yeah three consecutive championships on the bounce in the formula one minor leagues as we you know previously literally yeah his first season in all those leagues he won the championship so it was one of he's one of the greatest drivers in those leagues. He's um, prospect wise, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Oscar Piastri, absolutely like that level. Yep. So we're we're excited to see what he can do in F one. It's just really disgusting stuff for McLaren, though. I'm hoping that Daniel find a seat. I think no one wants to lose Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, granted, he has taken a step back. I think it he, might be difficult for him to find one. I think he pulls a Fernando. I think he sits out a year, maybe two, potentially returns to the sport because. Right now, uh, with the perceived move that Oscar Piastri is filling that McLaren seat, the other big name team that had an open spot was obviously Alpine, and they're going to take Pierre Pierre and Gasly. It's it's heavily rumored and more than likely. And again, with the Formula One, they are uh, it's the <laughs> it's the biggest unkept secret. Oh, without a doubt, in Formula One, they can't that, keep a secret in F one. That it looks like they're going to pair up the two French drivers, uh, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly, for the French team uh, in Alpine. Which then leaves a spot open at AlphaTauri. There's rumored that Williams could also have an opening. And if you're Daniel Ricciardo, I I gotta be honest, man. Like he sits there and he still has the fire, but he doesn't want to drive for a guy a or a Haas team. or a Williams. Yeah, that's gonna be at the back of the pack. So that's that takes me to what I was hearing too, is yeah. that open AlphaTauri seat could go to Mick Schumacher, um, and then that would leave the open seat at Haas. <sighs> So that would be interesting. Which uh, I would like to see Mick at a better team than Haas. I, what I would like to see is a team believe in Mick. Because Mick, Without to be honest, Kevin Magnuson, beginning of the season, totally Great was the number one driver. Yeah. Clear in doubt. Over these last like five or six races, Mick has really come into his own, oh, yeah. really earned the respect. Kind of he's he, finishing in points. He's yeah, not wrecking out in the top and, ten. Yeah, not wrecking in causing he's starting all the damages. P8 tomorrow. Yeah, and he got into Q3, whereas Kevin K Mag didn't even get out of Q1. So I think Mick, it would be a lateral move if he did join AlphaTauri. I just don't think they're quite on the trajectory that they were last season. No. But it would give him a chance to get a fresh start and. Ideally, if you're driving against Yuki, um, no disrespect, Yuki, Mick is the better driver, in yeah. my opinion. Oh, so that could be a chance for uh, Mick to really rebrand his image and try to build another strong reputation with a midfield team. Uh, yeah, man, I just, to me, and then, the, so that would leave an open spot at Haas, an open spot potentially at Williams with, well, let's face it, the worst driver in Formula and One. Formula One, Nick Latifi. If I'm Daniel, man, I, I just got to sit there and be like, you know what? I've been driving. I love the sport. I still want to be involved, but right now just isn't the time. I need to take a step away. I, I think that... I think the way Daniel does get a seat is not by leaving for a year. And we'll leave it at this. I don't think it's by leaving for a year or two. I think it's by him going to a team, to a Williams, to a Haas overperforming in that car to show that he still has what it takes to perform in F1 
and then someone's seeing that with another open seat coming in the future. Because that's the thing. There's always open seats every single year. Someone goes. Someone stays. We know Checo's not going to be at Red Bull forever because he's not going to win the title for Red Bull. Red Bull wants someone up there who's going... He, they want a battle between their two drivers. They want what Mercedes had when it was Nico and Lewis. Like Every team in F1 wants that. That's what McLaren's fighting for. Clearly, McLaren doesn't have the car anymore, but that's what every team wants in F1. That being said, we'll see how things play out. We have an interesting last few races of the season uh, to see who gets that second place because I really don't think anyone's catching up to uh, Max Verstappen. Yeah, so... Very excellently put, Andrew Maloney, Formula One, the man knows his stuff. So, but get yeah. good old times around the track. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long day, a long Saturday, but something was different about this Saturday. Oh, God bless it! And it was beautiful. College football is in full force <sighs> back, and Andrew doesn't have a college football jersey. Okay, you're Anyways. just not going to let that go. No, I'm not. <laughs> College football is back. We have storylines. We have been watching football while we have been sitting here recording this podcast. This is a Saturday uh, that we're recording this. Obviously, this will be released on Monday, but some pretty solid storylines. Uh, Oregon sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Or- Oregon sucks. Notre Dame stays overrated. Alabama still dominant. Utah. One of my surprise picks for potentially making the final first four. top ten upset of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, upset. You're right. Yeah, upset yep, for was. the University of Florida, and of course, Michigan uh, looks to be back into the swing of things as potentially the second best team in the Big Ten. Oklahoma defense st- looking mean. Yes, looking like they are still going to be a contender for the college football playoff. Yeah, man, boys, there was a lot of good football played today. Uh, there were some close. There were some closer games than I thought. Yeah, um, I it didn't start out that way. No, no. I mean, I mean, we had. Let's see. Wasn't it Houston that was? We had overtime? Pitt WVU on Thursday. That was a lot of fun to watch. That game was really fun to watch. Or was that yesterday? Friday. So that, yeah. So today's Friday. Or no, today's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So it was yesterday. It was Friday. Yeah. Yesterday. Pitt Friday. WVU was a really great game. JT Daniels right. looked really good in that game. Yeah. The battle um, of the transfers. Believe battle, it or not. Yeah. Battle of the transfers. Uh, Pitt pulled that one out 38-31 at the end of the game. Uh, closer game than I expected. Oklahoma State, Central Michigan. Oklahoma State 58-44, Central Michigan. It was closer than I thought because... Um, that game was tied going into the fourth quarter, I believe. Uh, so Oklahoma State obviously pulled it out. They did what they did. They did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, Central Michigan came in with a late comeback. It looks like they scored 22 in the fourth quarter. I, yeah. A big game y'all are overlooking, too. University of Houston. Yeah. Three Sque- overtimes. Squeaked yep. by. UTSA 37 to 35, as Brennan mentioned. Um, University- and UTSA, though, I think is an extremely underrated team. Oh, trust me. I Jeff know. Trailer. Oh, we know. That is one hell of a coach. Came from Texas high school football ranks. Him and Joey McGuire are on the cover of Dave Campbell's Texas high school football for this year. I've actually got a, I got a copy in my bag. Yeah, actually, I love right it. Yes. I love it. Speaking of Joey McGuire, Texas yeah. Tech laying the hurt on Murray State at the moment. Six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Score is 63 to 10. I mean, was that really? Did no, obviously doubt? not. And obviously a lot of there's, and that's the thing I was about to say about week, week one of college football. There's a lot of, you know, 
blown out blowouts. It's just uh, they they it's scheduling now. Yeah, NC State. Eastern Carolina. Oh my God! I was watching that game live at work today. Twenty-one to twenty, number thirteen, NC State barely squeaks it out. And this is interesting. Yeah. Both schools that Texas Tech has on their schedule coming up. Yeah. Texas Tech plays Houston next week and in, in Lubbock, who went to triple overtime. Do you think against UTSA and number thirteen NC State beating Eastern Carolina by a point? Yeah. I'm just saying this could be an interest. This could be a deciding two weeks for Texas Tech. It's kind of revisiting. Yeah. Speaking of Tech, though, I mean, do you do you think y'all could beat Houston? Absolutely, it is at home. I I'll think give you could. that. And uh, we've beat Houston. We've played Houston. I think the last three of the last four years, and we've beat them every game. So uh, I just I. Th- but this is the best Houston team that I've seen that's going yes. to play against Tech. Yes. Obviously, and I'm not downplaying that whatsoever. Daniel Holgerson is a hell of a coach. They're ranked 24 for a reason. Absolutely. Well, it's preseason. I think preseason rankings are absolutely pointless, but you have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely a very interesting matchup to preview in the upcoming weeks yeah. or review, depending on super exciting uh, game that I was watching earlier. Arkansas, Cincinnati. Yes. The best of the group of five versus Arkansas was woo pig suey. No. That's Arkansas. I know, but I, <laughs> that's the most. What do you mean no? That's the most annoying chant in sports. Ooh, pig sweet. That one and uh, Oklahoma not knowing to play anything other than their fight song at a, at an event. Andrew's really not trying to make any friends on this podcast Listen, right now. <laughs> all I know is we live rent free in Andrew's head. Apparently. Mm. Uh, no, uh, so listen to this <laughs> fun fact, Texas tech beating out. OU. In the best college football fan base final vote uh, earlier this week, on Fox, so they <laughs> won. Hold on, there were seventy thousand votes. This man, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this man hold is trying on. to use that for football hold logic. On. You were just going at Brendan earlier in the podcast for showing his biases, and you're over here spewing <laughs> the Texas Tech gospel. I know, I know. Oh my goodness, I had to. I had to get it in there. But going back to these other games today, uh, yeah, touching back on what you said earlier, Notre Dame. Remains overrated. Thank They're you. overrated every single year. Uh, losing 10. to Oklahoma, Ohio State. The. 21. The. I'm the. sorry, I trademark now. The Ohio, Ohio State, State University. 21 to 10 over yeah. Notre Dame. CJ Stroud. Man, he's going to be a potential top five draft pick. Over 200 yards passing, two touchdowns. I did see that the potential number one wide receiver in the country, uh, Smith, I can't pronounce his hyphenated name, but... Yeah. He um he got injured in that game. Hopefully he's doing all right. Yeah. Bryce Young in Alabama uh, defeated Utah State fifty five to zero. Bryce Young had one hundred ninety five yards and five touchdown passes. He had a hundred yards on the ground. Yeah, for almost three hundred total yards. Alabama looks Just like picked apart Utah State. Yeah, I mean come on. I mean Utah State. I hope the check was worth it, bro. Yeah, I really hope it was. Uh, Tell them to bring me my money. But I think the the one game that I was really looking forward to was the University of Utah versus the Florida Gators. It ends up Florida beat, knocking off, as Andrew previously mentioned, the first top 10 upset of the season with Florida coming away with a victory at home, 29-26. to Anthony Richardson. Oh, my goodness. This man is legit. He has size. He has athleticism. He lived up to the hype this game. Absolutely. And he is going to be a force for the SEC bit. Uh, Big dogs, whether it's LSU, whether it's Alabama, whether it's 
excuse me, Georgia, the defending national champions. Florida, listen, they were long away from the days of Tim Tebow and those great Urban Meyer teams in the swamp. But Florida, this game showed why the SEC is still the top dog in terms yep. of conferences in college football. I mean, Anthony, we were talking about Bryce Young and his stats uh, with rushing. Anthony Richardson with 17 for 24, solid. 168 yards, solid. But rushing 11 attempts, 104 yards. He averaged 9.5 yards a rush. Jeez. Three touchdowns. Yeah, that was not the Utah defense I was expecting to come man out is today. Running hot. That man was running all over the field and led the Gators to a win over top 10. Number seven, Utah. Really exciting game. Now, just to touch on our last game, I say we finish with this one here. Uh, do you guys want to talk about Oregon and uh, <laughs> Bo Nix? Yeah, what, what happened with Oregon? <laughs> Number three, Georgia. Ran a train. And, a, and let's, let's touch on this here. It, it was a quote-unquote neutral site game quote, 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 unquote. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Mercedes-Benz, is that not new? Is it? Okay. No. Yeah. It's in, so it's Mer- in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Okay, I thought... Okay. Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Superdome. That's what I'm thinking in New yeah. Orleans. Got it. Mercedes-Benz okay. <laughs> Stadium in College. Atlanta, Georgia. College. Well, no. I mean, no, no, no. They can they, play they, neutral. They played, well, yeah, they played, site, so they played in the they Falcon moved. Stadium got in it. Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Oregon and Georgia. That's what got me confused. Okay. Just it was to make a sure. neutral site game. In Georgia. In Georgia. Mm-hmm. Let's just put that out there. Real neutral. But I don't think the location of the game had anything to do with the score. Georgia mollywhopping Oregon. That's that's a term you don't hear often because it doesn't happen often, but it happened today, 49-3. to Yeah, and I mean, most of the game for Oregon came in the second. With Yeah, there was three. so much <laughs> hype. And I've heard so many people talk about Bo Nix. They still believe in Bo Nix. Mm. I never mm, believed mm, in Bo mm, Nix. Mm, mm, mm. I did not like Bo Nix at Auburn. I don't like him at Oregon. He had 173 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Hey, Andrew, Bo Nix, put some respect on his name. Do you realize he led the Oregon Ducks in rushing as well with a whole 37 yards? Oh, my God. This team that people are expecting to contend. Star in the Allen. Yeah, in the Pac-12. Oregon did not come to play today. They were not ready to handle the physicality nope. of the Georgia Bulldogs. Defending national championship Georgia Bulldogs looked like defending national championship Georgia Bulldogs. That's in Bennett. Yeah. We My talk- God. Yeah, he looked like he had something to prove. Definitely had a chip on his shoulder. I mean, 368 yards with an average of 14.7 a throw. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see when he actually plays some real competition, what he looks like. Obviously, Two that was... Two touchdowns today. Yeah. And uh, they throw two interceptions, which doesn't help them at all. Against a top 15 team who clearly should not be top 15. Yeah. Yeah, No. But I think that just reiterates what we've all known. I think the SEC championship game will be Georgia-Bama once again. Um, I just think that we're just going to get a repeat of it. Okay. So... Yeah, this is going to be very interesting to see how the season plays out. I mean, I did say Georgia. You did. That's Dude. fine. No, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> but we will wait and see. We will be talking college football throughout the season here on the Good Time Sports Podcast. 
throughout the year. Um, any final notes before we get to on this day in sports, gentlemen? Man, boys, I'm just happy football's back. Yeah. What, what's not to love? And then next week, we got some NFL. We're starting Thursday. Oh. It's going to be great. God bless you. It's going to be great. Well, here we are. We are going to be releasing this date, as Andrew and Brendan have previously mentioned, on this upcoming Sunday, September the 5th. And as always, to end the episode of Good Time Sports, we'd like to take a look back throughout the history of sports and talk about on this day what has happened throughout the history of sports. The first one that we've got on record here, back in 1901, the National Association of Professional Baseball Players, better better known as the Minor League Baseball, is formed at the Leland Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. Brendan, we talked a lot of baseball today. I'm sure you're happy to hear about that one. You know, it's always just, I mean, come on. What's not to love? How can you not be romantic about baseball? <laughs> you beat me too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got you, brother. Absolutely. Uh, we also have in 1918, due to World War One, the 15th Baseball World Series begins a month early. Boston Red Sox defeat Chicago Cubs 1-0. Yep. Andrew? I'm looking at 1995, not too far back, but we have Cal Ripken Jr. tying Lou Gehrig's record of playing in straight, a straight 2,130 games. Yep. The ultimate Iron Man. What a record. Cal Ripken Jr. Unbelievable. Really exciting stuff on this day in sports. And guys, I can't wait to see what the future has to hold. Absolutely. We've got many more days to talk about. We are hoping to continue this podcast for a very long time. Eventually, we hope to hit all 365 days if we get, you know, very lucky. So awesome. Wouldn't that be the ideal? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. All right, Brendan, you want to take us out since you let us in today? Absolutely, boys. Uh, For those of y'all listening, thanks for tuning in. Hope we uh, gave you some pleasure for your ears. If not, I don't want to hear it. Tell, Be a friend, tell a friend. Be a buddy, tell a buddy. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or if you want us to talk about anything in particular that we might have missed, feel free to hit us up on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you like, folks. And as always, be sure to check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, and anywhere else podcasts can be heard. We are on them all, folks. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. We will post updates, and we will make sure to bring you the latest Good Time Sports content. Make sure you get at us on all social media. Join the conversation. As always, we appreciate you listening in. From my co-host, Brendan Carson, Andrew Maloney, I'm Colin Brown saying peace.